I want to speak to you this morning about the comparison trap. The trap of comparison. In 2015 study by researchers at the University of Essex and Cambridge showed that tendency to engage in comparison process declines according to the lifespan or across the lifespan. As we age, we're more likely to evaluate ourselves against the yardstick of our own past rather than the present state of others. Social comparison is generally most potent for the young. Ever since the invasion of the social media into our life, it has increased the stress in many people's lives because it seems like somebody else's success sometimes can make us feel like we are stagnant in our own. Everybody, you have to understand Instagram is Instasham. It's a scam. <laughs> Facebook is the same, even though they just changed it to Metaverse um, and they're changing all of the stuff. But the reality is, if you watch a social media dilemma, a uh, documentary on Netflix, they say that they did not design Instagram or social media to be a tool that is used to connect. They developed it as a drug that is, sucks you in and part of this drug, what it does is it throws you into a world of comparison. It throws you into a world where you now compare your behind the scenes with somebody's high reels. You compare your inner world with somebody else's outside world and of course you always feel like an idiot. You always feel like you're not good enough. You know, you check what you ate this morning against somebody else who just went on a vacation in France and they took a very filtered photo. It took them 25 minutes to actually take that photo from the angles that they took. And then you look at the meal that you ate, you know, that burrito that you warmed up from yesterday's dinner that you did not finish. And of course, next thing that happens is you look at your own photos. You, you, you look at somebody else's photos, you look in the mirror. And I know that I'm speaking mainly to the millennials and the younger people. Some of you older, you're like, what, who, filter, photo? <laughs> I don't have photo, you know, I don't even want to have a phone. So just, just sit in for just a second. But I want to speak to the people of my generation that this causes anxiety for some people. This is self-imposed stress for some people. And we're going to look at a few things from the scripture that God wants us to embrace to deal with that. Some people go in cold turkey, completely turn off the social media or completely go against it and say this is not healthy and might be temporarily a solution for some but the enemy has designed he will use either social media he will use other people to create a comparison trap for us a lot of times what happens is that we examine other people's strengths against our most obvious weaknesses you know when somebody when you hear somebody fasted and you know, you're shoving another burger. You're like, man, and I haven't prayed in the last two days. And, and this thing settles in, you know, like I'm not good enough. God doesn't love me anymore. Um, man, I need to fast more. Um, it could happen with, you know, I have friends who some who don't have churches anymore and they're just doing YouTube, for example. I have one friend and I'm, I won't mention his name, but everybody already know who it is. And so, and his YouTube is doing very good like very good and when you showed me his analytics and and I'm not gonna lie to you I was like man what am I doing with my life 
you know, I'm like, I'm missing out. I, I should be YouTubing instead of whatever I'm doing. And, you know, and the problem with that is that we are at different phases of life. You know, we have a local church. I have gazillion other things going on and he has this particular thing. And it's easy to begin to compare yourself and feel inadequate, that you're not good, that you're forgotten by God. Somehow God did not give you the things that you need to do what God called you to do when you compare yourself to another person. It kills our creativity. It kills our gratefulness. And it, it honestly paralyzes us in our state of being, feeling of being stuck. And while you're comparing yourself to somebody else, there's somebody else who's comparing themselves to you and feeling totally inadequate. And they're thinking if they can only be you, realizing if they could be you, they'll be as depressed as they are because you yourself are not content. The Bible tells us to be content with what we have. Being content does not mean that you're satisfied. It means you're still hungry to grow, but you measure yourself against your yesterday instead of somebody else somebody else's life. You measure yourself where you were five years ago instead of where somebody else is right now who's running beside you. This is challenging especially for people who maybe you grew up in par with parents who always compared you to your older brother. Why can't you be like him? Why can't you be like her? Or maybe some your parents or your colleagues or your people who you grew up with they compared somebody else to you or you to somebody else and they would say man if you could just pray like they did if you could just you know why look Vlad is on the stage you know you should be like that I remember it was used against me you know my cousin he was he already had two kids at the age of 22 and God bless my mom and dad are they here right now they're not here okay so I'm gonna be I'm gonna speak freely and so <laughs> you know and and I know they meant well but I'm 22 I live with my mom and dad okay and Look, your cousin Dima has two kids already and he's like 20 years old. And I was like, well, it's not my fault. He started having kids at 11. <laughs> okay, he didn't have kids at 11, okay, but it felt like that. You know, and then I'm 24 and, you know, I'm 34 right now and I don't have kids. And some people have already grandchildren at this age. You know, and there's some people, you're 34 and you're not even married. Like, I'm a loser, but you're a big loser. Imagine how you feel. You're like, man, but I'm not. And then some people at 40 and they're still not married. And then there's the whole idea. He has a house and you don't have a house. And they're already on their fourth house and you, you can't even qualify for an apartment. You know, this person already has a PhD. You haven't finished your GED and you're already the same age. And it's a lot of times what happens with that comparison, it's a trap. And so today what I want to do is I want to take few, few, I'm going to take about seven or eight different thoughts to share certain things, how to navigate that in our culture because of social media, it, the, the pressure is heavy and some of that stress comes from the enemy using these things to cause us a feeling of inadequacy, insecurity and guilt, shame and not being good enough. And instead of being the best who God called us to be, we're trying to compete with somebody else. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Learn to appreciate someone's blessing without questioning your own. The Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. That means God wants you to bless God and don't forget what He's done in your life. Grass is greener where they water it. Learn to appreciate the beauty of someone else without questioning your own. Ladies, learn to appreciate another beautiful female without feeling like you are not. Men, 
Learn to appreciate the success of somebody else without questioning right away or casting doubt on your own. Learn to appreciate another person's family, another person's blessing without right away feeling like you don't measure up. It's not a race against them. You running your own race. Learn to bless. Learn to appreciate the blessing and that's a skill that we must learn to develop. The Bible says to count our blessings. Actually no, the Bible does not say that that's a song that says that. There's a song that says count your blessing, name them one by one. Okay, that's not in the Bible but, but it's, it's, uh, it's a song, it's a psalm, it's a hymn that says that, okay. And so because sometimes you know people say, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> that's not in the Bible, that's on Pinterest. Okay, so that's not a Bible and so I just want to correct myself. Count your blessings instead of comparing them. The only thing you should compare yourself to is who you were, who were, who you were yesterday, who you were a year ago, who you were five years ago and look at where and what God has done and celebrate His goodness. It's all good to celebrate the goodness of someone else but if me admiring how green your grass is causes me to spit on my own that is a bad habit and a waste of my creativity and a waste of my perspective. And while we celebrate what God is doing in somebody else we have to learn to constantly compare our today with what happened a year ago with how God has brought you through, how God has been faithful, where you are at today. You might not be where you should be but at least you're not where you used to be. You might not have had your house but today you're no longer living maybe homeless. Maybe you don't have a husband but at least you don't have some kind of a perpetrator, some kind of an abuser in your life that you used to be. You're not fornicating, you're not living in the life of sin, you're living a life of purity and that's something to celebrate. You might not have that but you also notice that I'm not where I used to be. I used to be in jail. I'm not in a palace but I'm not in jail and so I celebrate the goodness of God in my life. Come on somebody, is there anybody else in this house? You have something to thank God for? You have something to say, God I bless your name. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you have blessed me. I thank you that you've been good to me. And no, I'm not comparing my blessing to yours to thank God for how He blessed me. I compare what I used to be. I know what I've been. He picked me up from the miry clay. He placed my feet upon the rock. He placed a new song in my mouth. And therefore, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. He gave me good health. He gave me mom and dad. He has given me His Holy Ghost. He has given me salvation. He has written my name in the book of life. He has blessed me with the amazing country called USA. He has blessed me with hungry jet. Somebody give God some praise for every good blessing He has given to your life. Number two, remove toxic people who rub their miracle to make you miserable. Sometimes people get their blessing ahead of you and they would feel so boastful and arrogant that they will use that to remind you that something is wrong with your faith. Something is wrong with you. Hagar did that. Hagar got pregnant and she started to despise Sarah. Sarah had way more faith than Hagar. Sarah had to believe to have children. <laughs> Hagar didn't do anything, just spread her legs and she got pregnant. Yeah, sorry. That's what happened. 
she slept with Abraham and she got pregnant and after that she literally her head got swollen and she walks around like she's a is a diva that's it she's she, the whole world is circles around her she is rubbing her pregnancy into Sarah's face to let you know you're not good enough and Sarah was like okay maybe it's like a mood swing maybe like Hagar is having a bad day second day she's doing exactly the same thing and you know what Sarah did Sarah's like enough is enough block unfollow mute your stories I don't want to see your stories anymore I don't I don't want to see you if you are toxic I have a promise from God and I'm not gonna allow you to make me feel terrible because I haven't got what came easy for you and I'm not gonna let you make me feel like I'm not doing enough or somehow I'm doing something wrong. For Sarah, she wasn't doing anything wrong. It was just the process God was taking her. And this process was painful. And there are people, they're like devil sent into your lives. Sometimes they pretend to be friends. They will just literally rub their miracle into your face. And when that happens, if you have those friends, I am sorry. Do what Sarah did. Develop distance between you and those people and those accounts until those people change or you get healthier that is not weakness that is protecting the promise God has given you there is nothing wrong with that Sarah did that until Hagar came back and repented number three sometimes you not only have to remove toxic people that trigger things in your past sometimes you have to move yourself from toxic places it's not people, it's a place that you're currently in. And this was Hannah. Hannah, the Bible says, has a, had a rival who constantly made her miserable because the girl kept popping children like nobody's business. And Hannah couldn't have kids. And the scripture says is that this rival, the word of God says this in 1 Samuel 1.6, it says, her rival provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb so she kept poking Hannah she kept poking and this guy he married two women like not a good idea and he has these two women one is like really nice he likes her the other one just make, gives him babies and so and then he loved Hannah he kept giving her more stuff but it wasn't enough because the rival kept poking Hannah kept making her feel like look ha you don't have kids look something is wrong with you look you're probably cursed look you probably have a demon look you probably ha you should have not done that ha see he loves you but that God doesn't love you God is not giving you that and they kept poking her they kept poking her and sometimes that rival lives in your own head it's right here it's that thing in you that constantly pokes you what do you do if your rival lives inside of you you got to do what Hannah did she didn't get rid of her rival she didn't remove her rival she moved herself from a place that was toxic to the temple the Bible says she went to the temple and she started to reveal her feelings to God and say, God, I need you. She starts crying. She said, Lord, you got to help me process this. This is not fair. I'm dealing with this little issue at home right now. God, I need your help. God, could you please get me out of this misery? God, could you help me out of this situation? My mind is glitching. I'm tripping on the inside. God, this is not easy. And in the temple, she started to pray. See, when you move from the place that is toxic to the temple and you begin 
to replace prayer where it used to be pain something God will do God will take your misery and turn it into a miracle God came in and God gave her a promise and God let her birth a child and this child wasn't just her breakthrough it was a blessing to the nation of Israel and I believe that something will happen a lot of us you know we don't feel inadequate I struggle with this as a teenager now I don't battle with it as much but when I was a teenager I struggled with that this rival that I had it lived in my own head that you're not good enough you can't pronounce words I still can't pronounce a lot of words but at that time you're not good looking like you're weird you're you're ugly you'll never amount to anything you can't bench press you you can't run faster than anybody else you're not only average you're irrelevant you, you your life has no meaning look God has closed your womb God hasn't blessed you with anything God hasn't given you anything he has forgotten you and see and you're looking you're like yeah it's right because there's evidence that God has closed my womb that God hasn't gifted me with things that would make me unique and special yes I know he loves me yes I know the spirit lives in me I know I'm a child of God I know but I feel that other people have other stuff and I don't have what normal average people have what do you do then is you move yourself with your rival into the temple and what I started to do is come to these altars at 5 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, 6, 6 in the morning, at 16, at 17, at 18. Half of the time I worshiped, half of the time I whined. God handled that whining because in one of those moments God started to encounter this Hannah, this person who is afflicted inside, who's provoked, who is severely hurt maybe on the inside and God started to peel one layer after another and though I have the same body and my English has slightly improved, my life changed. God has given me a beautiful wife. God has given me a ministry. He's given me purpose and most importantly, honestly, He's helped me to understand He loves me. He's helped me to blossom as a person. He opened things that I thought were closed. He, 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 he unlocked things that I thought that I was born without them. I didn't know they existed in me. Because see, when you move from a place of pain to a place of prayer, God will shift you from a place of misery to a place of miraculous, supernatural breakthrough. And you no longer have to compare yourself. You will be content and you will be complete because greater is He who is inside of you and the one who is in the world. I want to provoke you to faith. I want to provoke you to prayer. I want to provoke you to fasting. I want to provoke you to come to morning prayers. There is something inside of you that will touch the world there is something inside of you that will shift this generation but you will not see it until you move from a place of toxicity into the place of prayer Hannah there is a Hannah sitting in this room there is a Hannah that might be watching this later I want to challenge you don't stay in the place of your pain move move yourself move make time in your day for God make time in your day for prayer make time in your day for the Word of God you will meet your Creator and you will find out he did not close anything he used the closed womb as an invitation that says come to me I will reveal that I am Jehovah Jireh I am Jehovah Nisi 
I am Jehovah Shalom. I am your God. I am the creator. And not, not only I will unlock your womb, I will birth a Samuel. I will birth a revival through you. I will raise children through you. I will shift people's lives through you. I will make your life bring me glory. Hallelujah. Move yourself to a place of prayer. Sometimes we have to remove someone. Sometimes we have to move ourselves to find ourselves in the midst of His presence where He will begin to heal our emotions and restore us. Number four, comparison is a demonic trap to keep a person either in pity or pride. Comparison is a demonic trap to keep a person in pity or pride. The example of that is King Saul. First Samuel chapter 18 verse 8 it says, But Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. He said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Thousands locally, ten thousands globally. That was the vision of David. Now, what more can he have but the kingdom? See the problem with Saul is that Saul's glory days were over and instead of elevating another generation he held on to his title long when it was overdue. Saul was not as good in battle as David. He started to compete, he became jealous and then he fell into a trap of envy. He fell into a trap of competition. Though he remained a king but he lost his mind. The stress, the pressure to perform, the pressure to compete, the pressure to prove, the pressure to be something, someone he is no longer that person became too overwhelming. He became addicted to his title. He became addicted to his position. He tried to guard his reputation at any cost to the point he started to hurt other people people that genuinely loved him, he was overly suspicious of them. He became extremely sensitive and extremely jealous because he fell into a web of lies, into a trap, into a net. It was set by the devil himself. But in order not to fall and to fall into this net, and I'm going to share with you the next thing that is going to help us not to fall into that net. But what do you do when somebody else, younger, better looking, David was better looking. Shorter but better looking. The Bible says he was good looking. He could sing, he could play, kill lions and bears. He's poetic. He is a romantic type. He has a little uh, devotional. Um, he has a little, um, what do you call that thing that I got now? The, the journal. He's journaling. Homeboy is blogging. His feelings. I mean David was like, David was tough and homeboy was tender. He was soft and he was strong. Like all the girls, like, oh my gosh, this is David. <laughs> Even Saul's own daughters. Like, David's coming, David's coming, David's coming. Anyway, just stop. David's coming. And then he goes in, bam, he kills Goliath. Okay. Saul brings him closer. He goes in and throws him into this position. David climbs on the top. A young man with an early young 20s. And he's already the general. He's leading an army. Every place he goes, pow, pow. And they come in, they're, they're 
he's winning victories and instead of celebrating and being the father figure for David and say David come on bro God has anointed you you can be the next king of Israel like Samuel has said I'll be next to you we will help you to succeed Saul takes it personally he takes somebody somebody's success stresses stresses him out someone's success will always be your test don't let it stress you out because if it stresses you out you're already caught in the web in the trap it's a demonic trap it starts as a comparison and goes into envy it goes into rage it goes into this easily offended overly sensitive chronically suspicious and then it goes into that my mind is not functioning properly his mind was glitching his mind was broken after that a spirit was attacking him randomly would come and he just had these episodes he just had these moments he would go bananas throwing spears at people that actually loved him how did he end up in that place this is where everything started now of course disobedience to God was the root but we see where the trap was set the devil has set the trap and Saul walked right into it when somebody is better than you praise God when somebody's killing okay if they're killing they should be in jail but if they're making more money than you praise God if they got a better car than you praise be to God if they can let you drive in the back seat, <laughs> that's even better. But just begin to celebrate, begin to thank God for that. I'm going to share with you what another guy who was in a similar situation did. His name was John the Baptist. So that's number, um, number five. And number five is this. Closeness to Jesus is the only antidote for comparison trap. Closeness to Jesus is the only antidote for the comparison trap. John chapter 3 verse 26. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified behold he is baptizing and all are coming to him similar story as King Saul Saul has David as his competitor John has Jesus as his competitor David was better in battle Jesus was better at baptism David provoked jealousy in Saul. Jesus provoked joy in John. Different. And his, his homies, uh, his disciples, his disciples are coming to John and say, John, Jesus, do you remember Jesus? He said, John, remember your ministry was like the top ministry. You were on the top of the, uh, you were on the cover of the, all of the Newsweek, Charisma Magazine. You were the top guy. In 400 years, God has spoken like He has spoken through you. Everyone is coming to you. And John, remember Jesus lined up to get baptized. You really gave Jesus a huge shout out. And ever since then, Jesus went viral. Jesus is like everybody is going to Jesus and John I want to remind you our numbers are down our baptism numbers are dipped and Jesus's numbers are up he posted his quarterly report on his Instagram we saw that his numbers are up our numbers are down and John something is happening everyone is going to Jesus's ministry we are in trouble and this will be a good moment for John to release a video Jesus is a false prophet Jesus is watering down the gospel. Why? He's not eating locusts. He's not eating wild honey. 
and he's not dressed in a radical Elijah type and Jesus's message is soft he's hanging out and eating he's not fasting a lot so Jesus's ministry guys just just I don't know just don't feel right about it people just I just want to warn you exercise discernment right that's what jealous person would have done you know what John says I want you to see what John says next verse John says John answered and said a man can only receive a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven you yourself bear witness that I said I am not the Christ but I have been sent before him he who has the bride is the bridegroom but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice therefore this joy of mine not jealousy watch this joy this joy of mine is fulfilled he must increase I must decrease John was okay being irrelevant John was okay being unnoticed John was okay to be in the background John was okay to hide in the shadow as Jesus got into the spotlight and John says I find joy if Jesus's ministry is better than mine I am Jesus's best man so the point is not to be better than Jesus the point is to be Jesus's best man closeness to Jesus is the antidote for comparison trap draw near to Jesus be like John if Jesus's kingdom is growing in Tri-Cities we celebrate it's not about hungry Jen it's about the kingdom and the bride of Jesus Christ if that bride is advancing in hungry Jen, in hungry Jen in other churches in Tri-Cities we celebrate come on somebody hey but we're gonna baptize a lot of people too amen I love this perspective of John because his valley did not come from his performance but from his proximity to the Lord. Jesus was his best friend. That's where his joy was at. Not on, on the latest numbers. His joy did not come from his followers, subs, how many comments, how many likes, what contracts he got. His joy did not come if he got the bonus, if he lost his job because he refused to take the jab. It, no, no, the joy wasn't anchored in that. His joy came from the fact that I am next to Jesus. I hear his voice his is the bride I'm just the best man and he gave me the part of introducing him to the world this was so incredible this was so fulfilling for me yes my numbers are down yes I'm going <laughs> baptisms are kind of down some other stuff is down but Jesus is, is up and I'm so glad to be a small fish in a big pond I'm not the big fish in a small pond I, I am a small part in a big kingdom that happens to have Jesus as his Lord because he is the rightful Lord of this kingdom and I'm just a servant insecure people always always are trying to hire themselves for the Messiah position you and I are not Messiah you and I are not God we don't owe we're not entitled to glory we're not entitled even to compliments. I know we live in American culture. Thank you and please and all of this stuff. But in the kingdom culture, it's a culture of honor. But the hard posture that you and I have to have is the posture of serving our King. Amen. 
and I'm not encouraging that if your business is down, your family is down or maybe other stuff is down, you just simply say, well, I'm just going to soak in the presence and just feel the glory. No, you have to do your part. We have to, as a church, we have to do our part. But our posture is not the one of competition. Our posture is the one of completion. We're completing the Lord. And when we are close to Him, we find joy in that. And when people remind us that we don't measure up, we're not good enough, you know, somebody else is doing better, you know, that church, look, these people left from your, our church and went to that. Vlad, you must, you must suck and this other ministry must be doing really good. Like that's what they did to John. They said, John, everybody's leaving you. Like honestly, they're kind of tired of your hell stone brimstone preaching okay like that's old John like you screaming at everybody eating locusts locusts is sticking out of your mouth and stuff like John dude like your diet is horrible your dress code is terrible and they're like dude like people that just don't like it John if you could just tweak, tweak things change things up but that wasn't the problem John's preaching style wasn't the problem Jesus wanted John to be like John that's all and John is like, dude, that's what God made me. That's what I'm going to do. And I ain't changing. I'm not going to go eat hot dogs and switch from my locusts. I'm going to keep eating my locusts. I'm going to keep reaching hellfire. Why? Because that's what the Lord called me to do. And I introduced Jesus and that's my joy and that is my fulfillment. When somebody succeeds, are you joyful or are you jealous? After that, do you focus more on your performance or you focus on your proximity to Jesus Christ? If somebody's getting better, is that causing you to get closer to the Lord or is that causing you to further yourself from the Lord and go into this performance overdrive over over this kind of oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this done. I'm, I need to do something mode or into the mode of Holy Spirit lead me, Holy Spirit guide me, Holy Spirit speak to me. I want to stand near you. I want to hear your voice. I want to be used by you. Amen. Number six. Don't compare somebody's progress with your process. Don't compare somebody's progress with your process. And now this is where we're going to get to the, to the bottom of this issue. Joseph translates the dream for the butler and the butler goes up and Joseph stays back. And the Bible says, and the butler forgot Joseph. Chief butler did not remember Joseph but forgot him. Genesis chapter 40 and verse 23. We see a similar thing in Malachi. It says, your words have been harsh to me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what words have we spoken? Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You said it is useless to serve God. What profit is this that we have kept his ordinance? We have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. Now we call the proud blessed and those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt the Lord and go free. Sometimes when somebody goes faster than you and you really pay the price, it does feel like God has forgotten you. It does feel like God has overlooked you. It does feel like God is blessing everybody else and kind of keeping you here on the side and is punishing you for some weird reason and won't tell you why He's punishing you. This whole punishment mentality begins to kick in that God is punishing me. God is withholding something good from me. And in Malachi, God comes in and He rebukes the nation of Israel and He says, you, you guys, your words have been harsh. And they're saying, what did we say about you? And God says, this is what you said. It's useless to serve God. Because we see other people who are not fasting, who are not praying, they're not tithing, they're not, they're not showing up to church on Sunday morning. They do whatever they want and we call them blessed because according to the standard of the culture, they are blessed. Hashtag 
blessed. They have a house, they got a car, they, they work at the job of their dream, they take the vacation to the place that I can't afford to go to. They do all of these things, they take their kids, their kids look good, their Instagram looks good. It seems like they're really happy family and they don't even serve God. They tempt God, they curse God, they blasphemy God. They do their own things and God seems to bless them and then me, I'm mourning, I'm pressing in. I did a 21 day fast, I did the race to deliver conference, I serve, I do all of these things. Why is God not remembering me? Joseph looks at his situation, he's like, I did everything right. I served God, I honored God, I feared God. When Potiphar's wife was, you know, like trying to flirt with me, I didn't even flirt. I did not fornicate. I went through the way of purity and righteousness. Look what that got me. Now I'm helping these jailers. I helped the butler and he's elevated. God just raises him up in three days when his dream was given to him and my dream is on delay. I am in prison. I am forgotten and everything. I want to tell you something about God. He didn't forget you because somebody else got faster what you were promised. But God is watching your heart. In Psalms it says the word of the Lord tested Joseph. You're being tested. When your miracle is pending, your heart is being tried. God is watching your heart. And not that God is watching make sure you don't have frustration. God is watching make sure every frustration surfaces to the top and you deal with it. That every disappointment with God surfaces to the top and you remove that by repentance and you say, Lord, I trust you. I like what our Andres said. His testimony is shows such a good point because he came to church so God can restore his marriage. But you know what, my friend, that is maybe why you came to God, but that is not why you will stay with God. You must stay with God because he died on the cross for your sin. Not because he restores your marriage. Not because He heals your body. Listen to me loud and clear. As much as I believe in healing and believe in deliverance and we see that happening, the anchor of my faith is not God my healer. It's God my creator and God my savior. Yes, He heals. Yes, He delivers. Yes, He reconciles relationships. And I see that when I see Genesis family, mom and dad serving and Genesis, I remember prayed for them. That is such a testament. But I also know other families where things did not happen like that and they're still serving God and they're still clapping and they're still worshiping. Why? Because we don't serve God for a prophet. We serve God because He died. We serve God because He loves us. We serve God because He never changes. We serve God because His Word is true. The Word of God is trying our heart. The Word of God is testing our heart. And I am not going to judge God because somebody got their blessing before me. I am not going to curse God and die. I will bless God and live. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. And that's what Potiphar, that's what Job's wife says to Job and says, look what happened to you. Look what all of your fearing God has gotten you. Look what all your tithing has gotten you. Look what all your serving has gotten you. And she has this solution. She says, curse God and die. Job blessed God and lived. You can either slander God or surrender to Him. Choose to surrender. Comparison says, I'm comparing my progress your progress with my process, your miracle with my current problem, what is pending. But it's not fair. It's not right. It's not fair and it's not right. We're at all different chapters in our walk with God. We're at all different seasons. 
we're at all different episodes with what God is doing in our life and it's it not only it's not fair to God but it, if you don't if you don't care protect your heart it will the seed of frustration with God will jump in and then your relationship with God will be frustrated you can't trust God you're frustrated with all the time and you will blame it on people you will blame it on the boss on the on the president on the economy on COVID on China on America you will blame it on the pastor you'll blame it on your ex on your spouse and your children you will blame it on everything but at the root problem is there is deep frustration I am forgotten he doesn't remember me he doesn't care about me he has abandoned he dropped me what's the point of praying I can't go another year giving what I gave if I'm getting what I got and God told through Malachi a word that I brought to somebody this morning and this is the word of the Lord for you listen to this very carefully with both of your ears nose and your eyes then those who feared the Lord see the problem is it's possible to use the Lord not fear him and what the process of the dream not coming true I'm not getting what God has promised you know what that does it surfaces one ugly thing to the surface of our heart is that we're not fearing God we're feeling God and using God and God wants to be loved not used and God is saying there are people who are speaking behind my back and saying I served him but he didn't do anything and other people are blessed and God is like rubbing that in my face and I'm not happy with God I'm frustrated but God says I can tell you about other people these people they fear me and these people spoke to one another and the Lord listened and he heard them a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear God and who meditate on his name they shall be mine says the Lord of hosts and the day I will make them my jewels I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked between one who serves God and one who does not serve him God is saying I see you I know you Joseph you're not forgotten Joseph I remember you I know your pain I know your frustration and I know it took longer than you expected it costed more than you were willing to pay and I know it seems like everybody's getting a free pass but you have to fight for every inch of your territory and the moment you get that one foot of your territory you have to you lose it again and you go back to square one where are all of the prophetic words where are all of the dreams and the visions where is God in all of that he's right there where you are at he's the lily of the valleys he's not just the one on the mountaintop he's also in the valley and though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death he's not there waiting for me to get out you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me not the fact that you're gonna get me out but your presence comforts me and that's why God promises to these people who speak to each other and they say God he knows us he didn't forget us God he knows our, us by our name we are inscribed in the palm of his hands
He knows the number over here and God says not only I hear what they're saying, I know their situation and before God says I'll give them a husband, I'll give them a wife, He says they are mine. They're my jewels, meaning they're precious to me. They matter to me. I know them. Oh, but why aren't you delivering them? Well, ask that to every person who lost their life in consecration camp. Ask to every person who froze to death in Siberia, Siberian camps when communism came in. See, we have to stop seeing God as this vending machine. You pump three prayers and you get something out. God is the eternal God and He, is, he loves you. And the season and the process of this stuff will cause all of these frustrations to surface and you will have to surrender or you will slander. And I want to challenge you to surrender. Don't slander God. Because the Lord says to you today and I have a word, I feel in my bones the word from the Lord. You will see again the difference. You will discern the difference. I will show the difference says the Lord. You will come out of your prison Joseph. Job, the season will shift and those things will come back that you lost and what the locust has devoured will be restored back to you. I will give you double for your trouble says the Lord. God will begin to shift the seasons in your life but, the, but something will happen. The Word of the Lord will test you. The Word of the Lord will purify you and you will come out as pure as gold and when God blesses you those blessings will not distract you. When God blesses you those blessings will not go into your head somebody when God blesses you those blessings will not cause you self-entitlement cockiness and arrogance you will say I know where this came from it came from my daddy it came from my father I knew him in the valley as I know him on the mountaintop I knew him when I was alone as I know him when I am married I knew him when I was buried as I know him when I have children I knew him when I was poor broke and waiting for my footsteps as I know him right now that I am a successful businessman and blessings and lack of them is not my religion and not my life. My God is my life. He is my reward. He is my precious jewel. My God is my priceless possession. My God is the one I live for. In Him I live and move and have my breathing. I'm gonna preach to myself this morning. I want to encourage you to go through the process and remember this. When you're in the process, the devil will cause you to look at somebody else's progress to inflict pain on your process. Your process, you think it's about your destination. God thinks it's about your development. When I'm in the process, I only think about my destination. God thinks about the development. God is far more interested about the person I'm becoming than the goals I'm going to be reaching. God is far more interested the kind of guy I'm going to become in the process than the kind of place I'm going to reach. I'm naturally, I'm a goal oriented. I want to kill that thing. I want to run after that. I want to reach that mountain top. That's not how God works. He's far more interested in the kind of person I'm going to become in the process of finishing my education than me taking a photo and saying, look, I reached my degree, I, I got my goals. The kind of person I'm going to become in the process of our church growing, will I stay hungry? Will I stay more broken? Will I stay more generous than simply having, you know, a large church or having a business or having, you know, being an author or being whatever that is that applies to you. God is far more interested in your development than your destination.
Amen. And I'm going to share the last thing. Sorry that I took a bunny trail on this one. The last thing is that Jesus is not trying to make you like someone else. He only wants to make you like himself. John 21 20 then Peter turning around saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following who had leaned on his breast at the supper and the Lord's and he said Lord who is the one who betrays you? Ah, so that's what John said to Jesus and John 21 21 Peter seeing him said to Jesus Lord what about this man? So the background of the story is that uh, Jesus tells Peter that Peter is going to die at the end of his life. Somebody's going to stretch his arms. He's pretty much just saying, Peter, you're going to be crucified. And it's all amazing and stuff until Jesus tells you your future promise and you're going to die by crucifixion. And Jesus is waiting when Jesus is, uh, Peter is waiting when Jesus is going to tell John that John is going to be crucified too. And Jesus skips John over and didn't say anything about John's terrible death. And so Peter gets upset. Peter says, uh, <clears throat> what about John? And Jesus says, I like this what Jesus said. If I will that he remains till I come, what is that to you? In other words, what's your problem dude? And then he says this at the end, he says, you follow me. Do you ever get frustrated with the Lord when Johnny gets all the secrets and you get all the sacrifices? because John gets all the secrets. He lays on his chest. Jesus always spills the beans to John and to you he says, oh you're gonna be crucified. Why me? Well if I'm, since John is that close, well put him on the cross. <laughs> I don't want to be, no, why, why, why am I being crucified? Is it, does it ever bother you that it feels like there are those like there are Johns in your walk with Christ that seem to get everything easy. God just seems to always smile at them and when it comes to you, you always get rebuked. Simon, Simon, like always get rebuked. You always get the sacrifices. You always pay the price, they enjoy the perks. You always have to go through the process and they just get quick progress. And Jesus doesn't explain to Peter the mystery of this. He doesn't say, Peter, sit down, let me explain. Well, you know, like there's ancestors, John's ancestors, they did this, yours were like terrible. And so that's why like, there's iniquity of the fathers. He doesn't explain none of that. He just says, Peter, what's your business? What's your problem? You have a problem? Mm -mm. He says, then you follow me. Peter, do you remember you signed up to be like me, not to be like John? Why are you envying John's progress? You're not, you didn't sign up to be like John. You signed up to be like me. So why don't you just follow me? So I want to encourage you today. When you find another believer having angels visit them and feathers and gold dust and all of that stuff or maybe you see they're soaking in the presence of God. They went to like realm three and you barely, you haven't even left Washington um, in your life and you never traveled anywhere else and maybe you feel discouraged. You're like, man, I wish that I will know God as they do. I wish that I will have that. I want to tell you something. Don't be distracted by somebody else's spiritual progress. Focus on following Jesus follow the word, follow prayer, follow fasting, just follow the Lord. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, just follow Jesus. Just follow Jesus. Just follow Jesus. I want you to rise to your feet. Did you, were you encouraged today? Amen. We're going to take a moment right now and I'm going to invite you to follow Jesus. For those of you who are here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity. If I can ask you to bow your head and close your eyes in reverence. Maybe you're visiting us for the first time. 
or you've been coming week in and week out for a few weeks and you have not made a decision publicly to give your life to Jesus Christ would you give me the greatest privilege today to introduce you to this man Jesus who wants to be your Savior but maybe you're in the other category you had a really bad relationship with church you had maybe something very negative experience with church and religion and this idea is a huge turnoff for you I want to tell you today I'm not introducing you to a religion I want to introduce you to a man named Jesus he wants to be your savior he wants to forgive you of your sin if you repent to him today he wants to come into your heart and live in you by his Holy Spirit but I gotta warn you he does not want to be your Sunday experience he wants to be your Lord every single day he wants a relationship not a one-night stand he wants marriage he's looking for a bride not for a flame he's looking for a bride not for a date and if you're willing today and you're saying I am sick and tired of my sinful life I'm sick and tired of my empty dead religious life I want reality of Jesus I want new life I want to be forgiven I want to be washed and I want to have Jesus in my life I don't want to go to hell when I die and I don't want to live in hell in my own heart when you're in one of these two categories and you need Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin and come back to the Lord when I count to three I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand one two three just raise that hand raise that hand high if you're saying I want to get saved today thank you I see your hand thank you I see your hand thank you I see your hand thank you thank you I see your hand anybody else who say I would like to get saved today thank you I see your hand anybody else on this side thank you I see your hand young man anybody else who say I want to get saved today I want to surrender my life to the Lord today is my day I know that today is that day where I'm coming back to Jesus if you raised your hand or you wanted to raise your hand I'm gonna ask you to quickly come out of your seat and stand here right now and pray with me just quickly just make your way out of your seat make your way don't be afraid make your way make your way the young man right there the young man right there just come just come just come just come just come make your way don't be afraid the only thing you should you and I should fear is God not people amen just make your way as the worship team will sing I'm gonna wait for if there's more people that raise their hands just come just come the greatest miracle is somebody giving their life to the Lord thank you Lord thank you Father thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord we praise you Father let's pray this prayer together and then we're gonna take them and, and pray for them in the room say this out loud with me say Lord Jesus I am a sinner please forgive me of all my sin and wash me with your blood I surrender my whole life to you right now I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for someone like me I repent of my sin and I trust in you for my salvation come and live in me make me new from this day forward my life is not my own it belongs to you in Jesus name